Hi, and welcome to Women CEO in Reflection, a podcast dedicated to personal growth and mental health discussions with women CEOs across the globe. It's here where inspired women get candid about what drives them to succeed and the personal challenges they've encountered on their path to success. So if you're a woman on a mission, this is the podcast you don't want to miss. So sit back, relax, and let's get candid. Hi, and welcome to CEO in Reflection. I'm your host, Marisa Jones. Today's guest is Rebecca Contreras. She's an accomplished business leader, philanthropist, and author who connects with audiences through her inspirational story and leadership principles. From a welfare-to-work receptionist to an advisor to a sitting president, Rebecca is the founder and CEO of Avant-Garde, an HR consulting firm that has grown into a thriving 100-employee practice with clients among some of the largest federal agencies. Rebecca is also the founder of Launchpad, a nonprofit organization that serves disadvantaged inner city youth through educational programs and mentoring, and Girls of Legacy, an initiative to fund scholarships for students selected from underserved schools. Rebecca's memoir, Lost Girl, recounts her transformation, transformative journey and the lessons that shaped her values in life. Welcome to the show, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. Thrilled to be with you and your your listeners, and I'm excited to dive in and and uh, share some nuggets with your group. That's that's terrific. So I, you know, when I heard about your story, I was so inspired by your journey. Um, you know, it's it's been a long journey and an, and an accomplished one. Uh, why don't you just kind of tell the audience a little bit about yourself and and how how you got to where you are today? Yeah, so so thank you. You know, my story is probably no different than probably half of America. Uh, you know, I'm a border town gal and I uh, grew up in a in a dysfunctional home. I always it's always interesting when I'm in an audience and I say, who here, you know, has a jacked up family or who grew up in dysfunction? And half the room raises their hand. We all have some level of dysfunction that we grow up in. Mine was severe, and I'm a, I'm one of four children. My mother was um, a heroin addict and a drug addict. No, none of us knew our fathers, and we all had different fathers, with the exception of me and my twin. And they were all from different races too. We actually used to joke with my mom because my sister's dad is black, my brother, older brother's dad's Mexican, my dad was white, and we said we just need the Asian to complete the circle of diversity. <laughs> But, you know, mom had a lot of issues and um, abandoned at age five and she left the home and was gone for many years, was raised by my grandmother. But growing up in that severe dysfunction, Marissa, really does a number on a child in a teen's life, right? And my mother did eventually get her, um, her act together. And I tell the whole story in the first three chapters. Um, and she came and rehabilitated, but she never really dealt with the issues of the mental trauma and illness that she had in her in her own life that really shaped how she parented. Um, so, you know, she went from being a dysfunctional drug addict uh, to a dysfunctional, you know, healed person. Uh, in her mind, she was healed, right? But she was really never, never deeply healed. And so, you know, went out of control at age 13 and started repeating the same cycle of dysfunction and addiction and dropped out of school. The whole story is in Lost Girl. But the, the sort of um, barometer for me in terms of landing that aha moment was when I had my daughter and I had I had lost her. Um, my mom had actually taken her away from me because I was really out of control. And I was, you know, 17 when I had her. But at age 19, you know, I she, I, she didn't know me. And I found myself kind of 
at rock bottom in abject poverty, you know, as a cocktail waitress, high school dropout. And I enrolled in a program for uh, for a welfare to work here in Austin to work for a woman by the name of Ann Richards. And many people knew Ann and her iconic leadership in Texas. And Ann was my first boss in government. And she took me under her wing. And um, since, you know, worked for several other uh, government officials that really mentored me and invested in me and believed in me when I didn't believe in myself and uh, met my husband and got married and he adopted my daughter and just started my journey uh, in government. And in a very accelerated period, 12 years to be exact, I grew from that welfare to work receptionist dropout to becoming a manager, senior director, um, working really hard on my career. And uh, I, again, tell the full story in Moth Girl. And today I'm entrepreneur and mom of uh, of three amazing kids and grandkids and a wife of 32 years. And I really am, feel really blessed to have um, walked my journey into health, right? We don't always arrive, but we I, I definitely, it's been a very long um, healing process for me and my journey to get to a place of strength. And, and, and I'm also as an entrepreneur, being a part of that fabric in America of the fastest growing uh, women entrepreneurs are the fastest growing in America. It's really been amazing for that journey. Uh, it's an incredible story. And like you said, so many people go through something similar and they have these these um, these childhoods that and, and they're impacted by trauma. Um, two things that two things that you mentioned that were really intriguing. One was you had a mentor. And that's the whole point of, of my show here is to to be, you know, have guests such as yourself to be mentors, to, to be seen as mentors to others. Um, talk a little bit about how important the role of a mentor is and how that helped you and how it helped you change your perspective in what life could be. Listen, I uh, some people can call themselves self-made. I am not a self-made woman. I, I am a product of the people that invested in me and believed in me, trained me and coached me. Um, I had three mentors in my life that were super strategic. One very early on, a woman when I was in that welfare to work program who took me under her wing. Her name was Donna. I talk about her in the book. And uh, she was very affluent, very successful. And here I was, you know, a, a basically high school dropout trying to, you know, get her life together. And, you know, having having someone invest in you and believe in you when you have a really hard past and and you're really struggling to make it in life, it's those moments where they encourage you and they say, hey, listen, where you are today is not where you're going to be tomorrow. Chin up. And, and Donna also sent me to training and I was able to get some development and just basics like communication skills, how to deal with conflict, the things that I didn't learn because I'm not educated and didn't go through a formal education process and had that didn't have that exposure. Um, and then from then, you know, being mentored by by other people, including men that really invested in me and believed in me as my as my uh, mentors. I, I'm a big proponent of mentoring. Uh, I've mentored myself. I'm mentoring three single moms right now that I've been mentoring for a little over a year. I really believe in the power of the mentor uh, and and not, not necessarily traditional, so to speak. You know, some people think in terms of, well, I don't have anybody that wants to sit down with me once a week for an hour, but there's so many resources available to us online and through podcasts and listening uh, for people that could serve as mentors that you've never even met, you know, uh, to just absorb their content and their learnings and their life stories and really begin to apply some of those principles. So mentoring for me was a game changer. 
That's great. And it's, you know, like you said, finding that person that inspires you and look at their patterns and behaviors and things that help them overcome and be successful. Well, um, and and for thing- women entrepreneurs and CEOs, let me just say, you know, if, if we don't reach out and ask someone who knows more than we do, how are we going to know to do it better? Right. Right. So exactly. Um, the other thing you mentioned was that you you actually sought out this program, right, to 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 get some training. What do you think it is that that differs if you have two people that are in a similar situation and one of them chooses to 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 grow and heal and and go, you know, help uh, get help for their trauma and someone who doesn't have that? What what do you think uh, makes up that difference? Well, I can, I can give you a real viable example. My mother, I lost her at age 62 to cancer, but I always tell people depression took my mother, not cancer, because she didn't deal with her trauma and her mental illness. And she fell into deep depression. She was bipolar. She wouldn't take her medication. She wouldn't see a counselor. And she died prematurely because she didn't have the, 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 the strength to fight the cancer mentally. And we all know in order to fight cancer, the will to live is so important. And so the difference between me and mom is we both had the same opportunity. The difference is mom did not take that bull by the horns in life and say, gosh, darn it, whatever it takes, I'm going to deal with this trauma and go see a counselor, talk to somebody about it. Every time you have that traumatic situation that reminds you of your past, deal with it. Um, And the other thing she didn't do is she lived on, on, on welfare and abject poverty her whole life. So she was okay with that. I wasn't. I swore When I got my life together, I swore at age 21, I am not going to be on welfare. I am not going to be an abject, uh, in abject poverty my whole life. I am going to be, you know, successful. And, you know, my book is called From the Hood to the White House to Millionaire Entrepreneur. How do you get to that journey? It's the grit. It's the resolve. It's the hard work to work on you. Yeah, you have, you have to want it. You have to want to heal and you have to, um, be ready for the process it takes to do that because it, it's not an easy it's not an easy road and like you said it, it's that grit right it's that perseverance and and just sticking to it for me it was it was a 10 year journey the first 10 years of my life and you know 10 years for someone can seem daunting cuz they're wanting to deal with their stuff now but it's step, it's the baby steps that get you to the bigger steps that get you to the baby steps again. And it's just making that commitment. There's a great author that I listen to, and she's phenomenal, Dr. Caroline Leaf. She's a renowned neuroscientist, and she talks about the power of the brain to heal your body and your mind and how important it is to stay the course with a healthy mindset and do the hard work on your brain because your brain drives everything about your 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 success the way you think the way you operate and so um you know listening to podcasts like with Dr. Leaf and being able to transform my own thinking into then transform my behavior was super central to that whole process of change I'm a big fan of hers and I do follow her uh, social media. Um, and that's so important because you're, you're, the resources and the mentors could be anything. I When I went on my self-help journey, because I was afraid to get help, I was afraid to tell my job I was going through depression and suicidal ideation and all of that and alcoholism at the time because I had never dealt with my trauma. Um, 
And so I just absorbed the internet. I resources, free resources. I was listening to interview after interview after interview, like the podcasts were just 24 seven. I was reading books and it was just every single day putting the effort in to, to help heal. Um, and then you get into like, my journey was about 10 years and that's when I published my memoir. But then I went in, you know, healing's a lifetime journey. You have to, you know, what I call maintenance mode. You have to be in maintenance mode. You have to continue the practices. You have to continue to seek out, you know, the the um, the help. You have to continue to seek out, uh, like you said, face your your, uh, you know, when you when some of that old trauma comes up, face it and deal with it and and learn from it. Um, so, what are some of the things that you do to to maintain that balanced mental health? Well, so I am very regimented about taking care of Rebecca. There's nobody that's going to love you and take care of you more than you. And trust me, my husband of 32 years is amazing, but he's not going to take care of me or love me as much as I love me. So, you know, investing in me. So my my day is is what it looks like is I get up, you know, when I get up early, I start time in meditation and my quiet time in journaling and writing down, you know, the positive things about what I want for that day and reflecting on the things that are good. There's so much evil and there's so much hate and there's so much divisiveness in the world. We cannot start our day with listening to all that noise. Um, you know, so I, I spend it in, in, in a quiet, a 45 minute quiet time. And sometimes it's only 20 minutes. Sometimes it's only five minutes, but I try to make sure that the most of the week I'm really dedicated to that quiet time. And I do a, um, a thing called um, three minutes of reflection and quiet time where you really quiet your brain. And Dr. Leaf uh, talks about just sitting still and quiet without really anything on and just quieting your brain and emptying your brain so that as you move into the next phase, which is journaling, you can start making sure you're on a clean slate of brain. And so, you know, lots of prayer time. I, I'm a big woman of faith. I love to listen to positive worship music and positive podcasts. I, I'm a big fan of Joel Osteen. I love his, his messages are all about, you know, positive things. And so I try to fill my brain in the morning with nothing but positivity so that I can start my day right. Because here's what happens when the crap hits the fan. And it does as a CEO of a large growing practice, there's issue after issue after issue. I've got to be centered in that first time of my day. The other thing I do, and this is a really powerful thing, um, is I work out. And you know what? Endorphins help deal with mental illness. They do. There's a lot of science behind walking and getting out in the crisp of the day or, you know, getting on a treadmill and getting those endorphins going. I work out five days a week. Sometimes it's only 20 minutes, but I do something to get my body moving. Um, I have um, what I call the timeout moments. If the crap has hit the fan, I don't deal with it at that moment. I do a timeout moment. I need timeout for myself to get in a quiet place and centered. And I, I recently went through a tragic family situation where I thought my whole world was going to fall apart. And here I am. I'm a thought leader. I'm running this company. I'm on a book tour. And the crap hit the fan in the biggest way possible. And I had to take a moment, probably two, three weeks for myself to just center, recenter myself. Not that I was going to abandon everything I'm doing and go into a black hole and never come out, but I had to take that time for me to, to understand that family issues happen, life happens. And when it does, you've got to love yourself and take care of yourself through it. Yeah, that's really important because you can't you can't always stop bad things from happening. Right. You can't stop, you know, just life happening, but it's how you react to it. 
and not rushing through it. And that's so critical because when you, you know, when you're trying to deal with work and, and running a company and do, you know, you're, you're in this, this high um, vibration, right? Because you're succeeding and you're, you're trying to make things happen. But then when life happens, a lot of times, and, you know, at least my old mindset, I would have to balance, I would have to do both at the same time and put both into high gear. And I've like yourself, I've learned to slow down. You could take a break. There's no reason why you can't take a break. There's, there's the only time pressure we put on is, is from ourselves. It doesn't come from anyone else. And so we can, we can gift that to ourselves so we can take a break and deal with the personal issues so that it doesn't create personal issues, you know, a mental health issue for us in the long term. Exactly. And, and keep in mind, and, and you probably, your journey is similar to mine. You know, most of the time when the crap hits the fan, it's outside of your control. So things right. happen to you. And so I, out of that pain issue that I told you, I went through a few months ago, I launched a, a pain on purpose series. It's a seven week series. It's free on my website. And I talk about how pain can be on purpose. And I'm not talking about purpose happening. I'm talking about having a purpose behind the pain and having the perspective that this is happening to me right now, but I control how I respond to it and what my response is going to be. In my situation, it was my twin brother. I got the news that he was back on meth and he's schizophrenic and he's back on the streets and he's homeless again. I don't know where he is. That was devastating. But I happen to know that I can't control his behavior. So I got to recenter myself and, and my pain on purpose series centered around how to navigate and deal with pain in a way that is healthy so that you don't get decimated in the middle of that issue that's happening to you. Wow. That's, that's a really difficult situation you're in. Um, and a lot of times when something like that happens too, you're doing it in secret, right? Because either they're shame or you don't want to talk about it with your employees. Um, how, how do you, or your peers, how do you, um, what would you say to someone who works for you or somebody who is going through that and perhaps is afraid to tell their employer that they're having some personal issues such as that? Well, so I recently did um, a, a piece in Texas CEO, a feature where I talked for three pages about this subject as a CEO and how important it is for you to love your people more than you do the bottom line. What does that look like? When you love your people more, that means you're going to listen, you're going to care, and they know that, that we care. So one of the things that distincts us at AG is they know that they are loved. 97% of, of our employees came back and said, I know that I'm loved by my leadership. And what does that look like? Well, during COVID for two years, we had to shut everything down. The world came to a stop, as you know, and all our employees who were used to interacting with each other, all of a sudden are stuck in their homes. So what I did was I brought in a yoga coach and I said, guys, in addition to the lunch hour, I'm going to hire this yoga coach for an additional hour a day. Please do this virtual yoga because she's going to help you recenter your, your brain and get yourself healthy and, you know, learn how to meditate. And, and, oh my God, the response I got was tremendous. And uh, we actually do what we call uh, check-ins with our, our, our senior managers do check-ins with every employee where they're checking in and, and it's not just, Hey, how are you doing in your job? How's the client, you know, responding to your deliverable? It's tell me how, how is your family? How are you feeling? Pulse. We call them pulse checks. You doing okay. How are you feeling? I will personally be known to pick up the phone and call team members to say, Hey, it's RC. Just wanted to check on you. I, I, I recently have a, an employee that lost his mom. Tragically, I, 
He was shocked when I called him. I personally called him. I, I told my HR director, give me his cell phone. I, I want to talk to him. Call him. Hey, honey, I, I, I realized you just lost your mom. How are you doing? He was like, you actually care about that? You've got 110 people that work for you. Yeah, no, I care about you because you're important to me. And just as an employer, making sure people feel loved, but also support them. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. We had, we had a low performing team member who was doing horrible at her job. And I knew something was wrong with her because she wasn't like that. So I told my team, I want to find out why she's low performer. Nobody wakes up every day to say, oh, I think I'm going to be a low performer today. Right. Yeah. Right. Everybody wants to be successful, right? So I knew something was going on with employees. Sure enough, she was struggling with mental illness and had challenges in her personal home. So we gave her extra time to deal with that and, and told her, hey, listen, get, get your stuff together. Like, go get help. And we're always here for you. We also provide free EAP assistance and counseling to our employees free of charge. So there's a lot of things we do as an employer to make sure that our, our, our workforce is in a healthy place. Wow, that is just great leadership uh, that and and very, very rare. And, and you know, I, I've heard some people who are job hunting, like they look at companies' behaviors during COVID to make decisions as to whether they want to work there because most people want a company that cares about them because most people will go all in if if that's if that's returned, right? If that loyalty is returned. Um, yeah, and, and I in, in the feature I did with Texas CEO, I, I basically said, look, those of you that are in business and you're not allowing your employees to stay remote if they're not comfortable being on site or you're forcing them to go back on site, you're going to be out of business because you're not going to be able to compete in this market unless you listen to your employees' concerns. People, people are concerned about their health and you need to be concerned about their health, not just the bottom line. So I'm a firm believer that the bottom line will follow if you love and care for people. And we have seen that at Avant-Garde again and again and again with our growth. Absolutely. You know, there's a, there's a book, I forget, I can't think of his name offhand. Um, it's called Lovability. And it's about how to create a people that not only your employees love, but your clients love and you do it with lovability. Um, I'll have to give you the name afterwards, but thank you. You know, we are so out of time. Thank you, Rebecca. Uh, any parting words and where can people find you? So um, first of all, I want to encourage everybody. Um, this too shall pass. Whatever issue, whatever challenge uh, we've seen in our world, what, what we've been faced with, you know, it's a season and a time and, and getting that perspective around where you are today is not, again, where you're going to be tomorrow and just reach out. So uh, people can find me on RebeccaContreras.com and they, if they subscribe to the website, they'll get all our free resources. We've got, we've got podcasts out there. I have a, a reset you for 2022 challenge they can watch for free. And then of course my pain on purpose. And, and I also, I also saw you, you're a chef as well. You like cooking? Yes. I love to cook. Absolutely. Okay, so I, on my website, I have a show called RC's Cocina, and I actually do a cooking show for my family's um, amazing recipes. So we definitely have that in common. But, I love that. Uh, I love that. Wow. I'll have to yeah, look at yeah, it. Yeah, I actually uh, specialize in, in Mexican cooking, so they'll find all sorts of goodies. But but connect with me. I'd love to hear from you again at RebeccaContreras.com and all the great resources as well as on Instagram and social media. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Women CEO in Reflection. 
To reach out to one of our guests, their contact is in the description of the show. Do you want a total mindset transformation? Apply to Mindset Warrior, The Art of Intentional Thinking, my personal coaching boot camp at IamAMindsetWarrior.com and schedule your call with me today. Thank you.